Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Matt Camp. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I have your full All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing recap and reaction. Dean Ambrose... I mean, John Moxley made his presence known at Double or Nothing going after Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Is he the key to AEW's future success? Cody Rhodes went to war with his brother Dustin in a bloody affair. Is this sort of match what we can look forward to in AEW? Plus, AEW showcases the women's division in a big way and brings in an awesome beast to take it to the next level. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. After Chris Jericho was on the mic and telling people how wrong they were and no thank yous, John Moxley comes through the crowd to a massive debut. Before we get to your thoughts on that, let's hear that debut. And I told you when I beat Kenny Omega, which I did by the skin of my teeth, but I beat Kenny Omega, I was going to demand one thing from all of you, one thing from AEW, and I'm going to demand... A thank you. I said I demand a thank you. Hey, hey, hey! Whoa! What the hell? Good God Almighty, the roof just came off. John Moxley. I don't think he's here to say thanks. John Moxley. has deployed on this squared circle at the MGM Grand Garden Arena with a twinkle in his eye, and Jericho is tissed. The thunder and the lightning of John Moxley leaving his mark. The God Almighty, the referee's down. Moxley carving a path of destruction here at All Elite Wrestling. This young man is feeling it. He may be feeling more fulfilled than he has in his entire career because this is an impact. That was John Moxley coming through the crowd to interrupt Chris Jericho. He takes out Jericho. He takes out the referee. And I thought they did this very well, Bully. He goes to take out Kenny Omega, and Omega initially fights him off. You and I talked about this on Friday, the perception of a former WWE guy. Would Jericho stand tall at the end of this show? You had Moxley come through the crowd. 
it didn't feel to me at all, and I haven't seen a word said about this, it didn't feel like he was a WWE guy. It felt like he was a completely reinvented character, and he felt like AEW's super-duper star. Did you get that feeling when he was coming out and when it was all said and done? Well, when he came through the crowd, he came through the crowd just like a WWE guy, just like a guy that was in the shield. The interesting part about it is what you said. Nobody wants to acknowledge the WWE because people want John Moxley. They do not want Dean Ambrose. As a matter of fact, if you took Dean Ambrose and threw him away for the rest of his career, I don't think people would be unhappy. We got Dean Ambrose for 10, 12 years, whatever it was. We want John Moxley because we know John Moxley is the real guy. We don't want a canned character. Dean Ambrose was playing a watered-down version of John Moxley. We got the real guy. We saw the real guy in the ring. I love what they did in the aftermath. It was great. They let it breathe. No music through the crowd. DDT on Jericho beats up the referee. I would have done a little something different with Kenny. I wouldn't have let the people come down as much before he got to Kenny. I would have DDT'd the referee, and just as I DDT'd the referee as I turned around, Kenny would have been getting up. And then when Kenny turned around, I would have booed him, set him up with the DDT, and then Kenny would have drove him through the ropes. I would have kept the people a little higher. That's just me playing Monday morning quarterback. What they did was awesome. The fight through the crowd. What an amazing shot uh, on the top of the, you know, those props, the giant um, poker chips, DDT, then Death Valley Driver off the top of the chips through that glass table or whatever it was. Great shot. I love the shots all night of the arena. What a big time feel. It it looked real deal. It was real deal. So that's why it came off as real deal. Um, I thought, I thought the, um, you know, the ending was great. And I received the text earlier this morning, uh, from one of the boys and they said it was a great way to set the tone for the company. And, and, and I totally agree. The tone has been set by AEW. You, after watching double or nothing, I believe, you know, exactly what you're going to get for the, from this company. And Matt, if you remember, on Friday, we talked about a couple of things. Um, I'm not playing the I told you so guy, but we kind of predicted that Hangman Page wins in mm-hmm. the Battle Royal. Jericho wins. And you got Jericho versus Page. And now you got Ambrose seemed to be lined up against Omega since that's the last thing that you saw. You have that plus Cody and Dustin are going to be tagging against the Bucks at uh, Fight for the Fallen. You have enough stuff to carry you to your TV show. There's going to be enough buzz just amongst these three matches alone that will be able to carry you to your TV show. We know they have Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, all out, all before the TV show. Here's what I like about this. You've set up, in the matter of not only this show, but the last month or two, there's a Jericho feud against the company. He seems to be directing that as Cody. You now have Jericho who could be mad at Moxley, or vice versa. You obviously have Jericho and Hangman Page. There's three things right there for Jericho alone. You mentioned that Cody and Dustin are going to take on the Young Bucks. That seems to be more of a a celebration of wrestling kind of match. I don't think they really hate each other. You have Moxley and Omega. That's fresh. That's brand new. 
I think way too often we see in WWE, if you're in a feud with somebody, you're only locked in on that guy. And that's all it is. And you can't interfere and go help out with your friends if they're in trouble because Roman Reigns is facing Elias now. He can't go help out Seth Rollins because his job is to... That, I never thought that made sense because you don't need to just have tunnel vision. And here, now you have a couple of ways that you can go. There's some fresh aspects to it. I think that's a good thing. You don't know where things could go. Uh, you don't know when necessarily they can go with these matches or pull a trigger on this match. Are they going to draw out Omega and Moxley now? I mean, that's a way they can go. We know that it's Hangman and Jericho, and by the way, they've kind of kept that open-ended. So do you feel like the open-ended nature right there alone is something that already sets AEW apart from WWE? Listen, the entire show set AEW apart from WWE. The wrestling world has been clamoring for something different, and now you got your something different. Yeah, Ring of Honor is different. Yeah, New Japan is different. But AEW has the one thing that makes them more different than anybody else, and you know what that is, Matt? What's that? It's the coolness factor. Yeah. They're cool. And, and, and that's what's going to carry them. Everybody in that arena wanted to be there that night because they wanted to see the cool kids in town. They wanted to see the cool company. It warmed my heart to hear AEW chants. You know, that was kind of cool. By we the way, know I, where think that, that, I think that W was put on there for a reason. <laughs> A-E-Dub, for that exact A-E-Dub, reason. Yes. A-E-Dub. Yes. And, you know, it's cool to hear that because Cody talks about AEW as a revolution And I look at it as the revolution continuing because the revolution was started a long time ago. And I said, AEW is just the bigger, better, more financially stable version of ECW because they are giving the people what they want. People were clamoring for something different back in the mid 90s and ECW gave it to the fans, thus changing the landscape of business people were clamoring for something different in 2018 and 2019 and that's what aew gave you and they are taking steps in the right direction to change the wrestling business just listening to the guys and gals speak from the heart without their scripted promos take these scripted promos and shove them up your asses nobody wants to hear them anymore People people understand that pro wrestling is entertainment, okay? We don't need to hear other people's words written down on paper. Give these guys and gals bullet points. And I'm not just talking about WWE. I'm right. talking about any company that does scripted promos. Give your guys and gals bullet points and let them go out there and run with them. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. Uh, I had a literal dream about this type of entrance. And I'll be, you know, I, I loved when uh, Triple H came out at WrestleMania 30 and it was kind of like Shao Kahn and it was really cool. And uh, the throne kind of symbolized his uh, reign. And man, I, I want to play ball. I'm not, you know. I'm. I know we don't say competition, but it's pre, it stands for itself, you know. And I also want people to know this role, this executive vice president role, which I love and I, I'm excited about. I want to be a wrestler first, and that's great. We were able to do that tonight. Uh, Tony, 
Tony Khan set in Gorilla and timed the show. That takes years how to learn. I mean, to Gerald Briscoe, they, he was like the only guy who could do it for a long time. Tony did it tonight on his first try. So they don't always need us there in those executive roles. We were able to go out there and, and be wrestlers and that more than anything. Not so much a shot uh, at Triple H, more a shot at I'm not ready to to dive into that role and lean into it. I want to be a wrestler first and foremost. I'm not done. I know that people think um, Kenny's the best and I know that people think Chris is the best and now John Moxley's the best. That's, I'm always going to be wondering, oh, well, what can I do? What's the step, you know? When they started chanting Dusty the first time, I knew that there was nothing we could do in here. And we could have messed up a thousand things that, that we could do no wrong. Because they were there and they knew it was a storied moment. And uh, I, think, I think we told the best story that we possibly could. Or I did. I know I did. So it's, it's, I hope it was good for the people. I hope it... Uh, was good for Cody. I definitely think it was good for AEW. I'm excited about them and what they are doing because they are fixing to take over the world and Vince better watch his ass. Well, there's a lot to unpack there from Cody and Dustin. Uh, I'll let you go. Where would you like to start from all the words you just heard from those two brothers? Revenge of the polka dots. That's what I've been saying for weeks now. Ever since the Dustin versus Cody match came together. To me, this is years and years and years of frustrations all coming out. How dare Vince McMahon put Dusty Rhodes in polka dots? And now his sons are going to get back at him, getting their receipt, getting their revenge. Now, obviously, I don't mean this in the literal sense, but you get what I'm saying, Matt, yeah. right? Yeah, there, there, there's a way to get revenge, right? It doesn't have to be malicious. And but... they're getting it. There's a way to get it. I want to go back to this because you mentioned the Revenge of the Polka Dots. I went back and, and looked at Cody's old Twitter account because he put out a very big statement almost uh, three years ago to the day when he was uh, released and asked for his release from, from WWE. And he said, for a decade, I tried to convince both Vince and Triple H that I could be their star player, their varsity quarterback, if you will. But it seems we have reached the point where neither saw that in me. I sincerely appreciate Triple H's unflinching respect for my father and how he has acted as a custodian of history in honoring him since his passing. He did not owe me the same respect he gave Dream, but I thought I could earn it in time. One of the last discussions we had, including him telling me that WWE is a play and everybody has their role and needs to act it best. And Cody said, all I can think of to that is to say the best actors don't want lesser roles. There's been a chip on his shoulder for years. And I think that entrance had something to do with that conversation and how he was treated at the end of the company. Now, I understand what Triple H is getting at, and you and I both know this. There are three hours to fill on Mondays, two on Tuesdays. On any wrestling show, everything has to be filled. And not everybody can main event. As much as fans want to hear you know, their guy be in the main event, there are spots everywhere. Cody was tired of being in the spot he was in. And I think what he did as a wrestler with that entrance on Saturday night had nothing to do with his brother and everything to do with that conversation and what he was told towards the end of his tenure in that company. I can be more than that role player. I want to be more. And oh, by the way, I'm going to show you that tonight. So from that angle, Bully, I I get it. Do you feel like, I know you've talked to him, has he had this massive chip on his shoulder for maybe years now? I've been saying for a couple of weeks on the show how laser-focused Cody is. 
I, I talked la- uh, last week or two weeks ago about how Jericho, JR, Cody, uh, the Bucks, they all have something to prove, and Cody has the most to prove because he's the one that walked away. He was the first crack in the wall. Him along with Pac, the first cracks in the wall. Remember when Cody left and WWE wished him the best of luck in his future endeavors? Well, these are his future endeavors. Be careful what you wish for. Something interesting that that, uh, Dustin brought up when he said that Vince better watch his ass. He also said that him and when he heard the Dusty chants, he knew that him and Cody could do no wrong out there. Basically, even if the match sucked, people would have loved it. And that was my take on the entire the entire pay-per-view last week. Remember, Matt, I said, I said on Friday. this show could suck and people will still love it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that says a lot about the loyalty, the early loyalty of the AEW fan base. And I can only compare it to one thing, the loyalty of the ECW fan base. The ECW fan base and the ECW locker room was very much an us against them, us against the world type of feel. Thus, joined the revolution. The AEW fan base and the AEW wrestlers have a very much us against the world. Now, is it the world of wrestling or the world of world wrestling entertainment? Was Double or Nothing really competition for the WWE? Or was it competition for the rest of the wrestling world? And when we talk about competition, people want to throw this word around a lot right now when it comes to AEW and the WWE. And I I gave it some thought, Matt, and and I think you're, you're a good guy to bounce this off of. When does it become competition? Because right now, yeah. is it direct competition no, for the no, WWE? No. The- Financially. It's something you brought up earlier we talked about on Friday. Financially, it is because it says you have to pay your people. So that's a good thing. I, I don't think this becomes competition until October when those first ratings come out. And they have to keep them up. So, uh, so let me ask you this. Floyd Mayweather, best boxer in the world, yes? Yeah, yeah. Biggest okay. box office. I mean, undefeated, can't even, land a, can't even land a shot on him. Basically, Floyd is like the WWE of boxing, right? I think so. So, so Floyd, Floyd is now going to take on a fight with an unknown fighter who's had a couple of amazing knockouts. And Floyd's like, eh, yeah, I'll take the fight, no big deal. At what point in that fight against this up-and-coming fighter does it become competition for Floyd Mayweather? When you does knock it him down p- once. You got to knock him down once. You got Winning it. a round it, does nothing. They won a round this weekend. How's that? There you go. They won. I think they've won two rounds. I think they won a round with all in. I think they won a round with double or nothing. Actually, I'm going to go a bit farther. I think they've won a couple of rounds. I think they won the round with all in. I think they won rounds with signing Kenny, the Bucks. Mm-hmm. People that WWE wanted. Getting Moxley. Hang- Moxley, Hangman Page, Double or Nothing. They're actually winning a lot of rounds. 
it's competition. It's not the traditional competition of the ratings and the Monday Night Wars. It's been a different kind of competition. And I think AEW is scoring a lot of points. And I think that, as you said, they are winning rounds. Knockout punch? No. And listen, the better AEW gets, I'm hoping the better the WWE gets. Because if there's one thing that history has taught us is Vince is at his best when there's competition. So Dustin talked about watching his ass, which I thought was interesting. And and it's funny that tonight's Raw is going to fall on a Memorial Day where this is not typically. Usually, we know this, Bull, you know that from being there. Holidays, not the biggest shows. Not from a viewer standpoint, not booked that way because it's not a viewer standpoint. But is there a little bit of a fire under their butt after this weekend? You better have a fire under your butt because you know the entire wrestling world is going to start comparing it. Everybody's going to compare it come, come, come at 11, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern time tonight. W- why wouldn't they? It's what, it's, wrestling it's, fan, yes, yes. it's what wrestling fans want to do right now. So you'll have your, your diehard WWE fan, and then you'll have everybody else that watched AEW and is a fan of all wrestling. And they're going to say, you see, this is why we don't like the WWE. If I'm the WWE, am I coming out tonight acknowledging AEW? Absolutely not. No, no, But if I'm WWE, I want to put out a product that makes people go, all right, that, that was a great Raw. That's all you can do. You can't stop the other. You know, there are, there are certain, um, there are certain uh, sports where you really can't play defense. All you can have is amazing offense. Like in college, I was a shot putter. I couldn't stop the other shot putter from his throw. I mean, I could trip him in the hallway and hope he broke, <laughs> broke his arm. But other than that, I you really would never can't have do- done that. Come on. I actually did it to one guy. I actually, uh, I, I actually hurt a guy did. on purpose. Yeah. I'm a heel. What do you expect? Um, So WWE can't stop AEW. AEW can't stop WWE. All they can do is put out their best show. Hopefully tonight they put their best foot forward. In the ring, I can tell you this. Every single one of those WWE wrestlers, guys and gals, know all about AEW. A couple of them subliminally went on Twitter and oh, put yeah. over AEW. They know exactly what's going on. They know that they got to step up their game, but they can only step up their game as much as creative will let them. That's true. Now, uh, speaking of stepping up his game, that's exactly what Dustin Rhodes did in this match. And based on my research, Bully, you'd have to go back. I believe this is correct. He hadn't wrestled a match in front of a crowd. Since June 16th of last year in a random six-man on a house show. So for him to come out and have that match, my question is now, we know that Cody's going to tag with him against the Young Bucks, and that's probably more of a celebration of wrestling. I don't think there will be animosity. We'll see how they build it. What is Dustin Rhodes to AEW going forward? How would you use Dustin Rhodes in the company going forward? Dustin Rhodes is one of the best psychologically sound mind there is in wrestling. I believe when it comes to psychology, Dustin got Dusty's brains. When it comes to business, Cody got Dusty's brains. Dustin is excellent in that ring. The problem is 
that he hasn't been doing it enough lately. He's in phenomenal shape. He know, if, if he had reps underneath him, because Rust never sleeps. Rust sets in on the best of, uh, uh, of any wrestler. So, yeah, you could see a tiny bit of Rust on Dustin the other night. But what would I do with him? Well, I'm going to have him tag with Cody. And if we could utilize Dustin to get over some younger talents in the ring, then so be it. But I would definitely have Dustin's behind the scenes using him as a mind, as a coach, as a producer, as an agent. Matt, I can tell you firsthand from the last time I was back there in WWE, and we're talking 2015, 2016, there were a certain, certain group of guys who used to get dressed in what's called the TV locker room. And basically the TV locker room was like, I'd say like the veteran locker room. And I'd watch Goldie put that makeup on every single night. And he'd look at me and he'd be like, Bubba, I just wish they would give me a match. I just wish they'd do something, anything. He goes, I'm just sitting around here doing nothing. What did I get into great shape for? What are, you know, you could see that there was this wrestler just trapped in his prison, in the WWE prison. And what did he just say the other night? He said he got out of prison. And there's a lot of other people trapped in that say, prison. I feel like there's some others that probably feel the same that were watching that show going, oh, if I could only do that. If I only had a little bit more freedom to go do that. Cracks just, in the wall. The cracks are becoming again. bigger. John Moxley ain't no crack in the wall. John Moxley's a hole in the wall. He took a big portion of that wall right down when he came through that crowd. And uh, made his massive debut, by the way, hell of a call. That's why JR is working for that company. What he did in the last five minutes of that show, Alex Caliber was outstanding. But JR selling that angle to end the show. And you could hear the genuine excitement. He was not acting there. You could feel that moment. And, Bully, I know this from doing commentary. When you feel a crowd like that, it takes you to another level that you don't have to force. That was an organic feeling from JR to put that over, like probably only he can. And he put the exclamation point on that final segment of the show because it came off as a big deal. He knew it was a big deal. And when everybody watched it, you could feel that be a big deal. And it set the company in another direction with something new while they just set up a whole other title match. That is how you put a show together. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Dr. Uh-huh. Britt Baker has a successful debut in what, Bully, was supposed to be a three-way that turned into a four-way. Obviously, Nyla Rose and uh, Kylie Ray were in that match. Brandy comes out, gives us the tease in her ring gear that it's going to be her, and a hell of a surprise bringing out Awesome Kong to be added to the four-way, but it was Britt Baker standing tall. So we got a nice glimpse of of I think what will be regulars in the women's division. Who did you take away as the most impressive in that match? 
I really don't know. This match, to me, uh, could have been booked a little bit better. I mean, Britt looked the best. Like, Britt's presentation to me was the best. Her ring gear, her entrance, the use of her real-life, you know, job as a dentist. You know, JR getting her over where, you know, she can break your teeth and then fix them. Uh, Britt came off the best and obviously uh, should be the face of the women's company. I thought it was a decent four-way. Uh, awesome Kong being a, a, a great surprise. Probably the second biggest pop of the night uh, next to Moxley. People were so excited to see her. I was happy to see her back in you know full regalia. I thought they could have utilized her a little bit better. She just kind of seemed like she came in for a couple of spots. They just peppered her in. And I don't know. Let me, Matt, I mean, Britt beating Kylie, okay, fine. But right. wouldn't it have been a bigger win for Britt if she could have bit, beaten Kong? Uh, I think so. And I think maybe if they had to do it again, Bully, would they have changed that because of the reaction that Kong got? Because she came off as such a big deal, would it have been a bigger deal, like you said, for Britt to beat her instead based on, once again, perception goes a long way. Uh, I can see that. Here's what I wonder. Britt beating Kylie. Kylie is, you know, very happy to be there, very smiley, all that. Um, does that have Britt come off as a heel at all? Was it just her winning a competitive matchup? Like, it, it didn't really feel like they sent her in a direction on what she's going to be. It was just a win. It was, yeah. It, it, not a, she's not a bigger heel or she's not a bigger baby face. It's just a win. Um, like I said, if you're going to make somebody a star, if you're going to bring somebody in like an awesome Kong for, you know, uh, for a surprise and you're going to put her in that match, well, put her in that match. It helps get somebody over because if, if Britt Baker rolls up Kong and beats her, I'm not talking about hitting her with her finishing piece. Sure. I'm talking about rolling her up. I mean, what's a bigger win? Britt Baker hitting her finishing move on Kylie Ray and getting the win, or Britt Baker rolling rolling up Austin Kong and winning one by the skin of her teeth? It's beating Kong. Yep. That, that's that what, what makes somebody. Now, I don't know the behind-the-scenes business of whether or not that was in the cards or whether they asked her to do it or not. No idea. Kong was peppered in. She was used for a couple of cool things. Kong is the biggest star there that night. And you don't want Kong to come out being the biggest star. You want somebody to get the rub. As a matter of fact, you want all three of those girls to get the rub from Kong. I'm not quite sure if any of them got the rub from Kong. And if it was me, I would have went a totally different direction with Kong. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, on commentary, they had Allie out there, and Allie's going to take on Brandy at the next show. And if you've been watching uh, the, the social media and being the elite and all their, their stuff there, Brandy has made a phone call on the show to saying, hey, can you be there for me? And Allie on commentary seemed to indicate, uh, that's at Fight for the Fallen, by the way, in July. Allie seemed to indicate that it would be Kong in Brandy's corner. So maybe Bully, are there kind of keeping her somewhat protected uh, knowing she's going to be potentially, I'm not saying this is definite, in in that spot uh, in a big match coming up. Is maybe that the reason she was not involved in the finish? Possibly. Like I said, I don't know what they have planned for the future. I'm just saying as far as last night is concerned, I, I would have liked to have seen Kong used as a surprise in a moment that would have that would have had people talking a lot more today. We, t- we, we talk about, 
creating moments in wrestling. It's not about matches, about moments. So what did we get from Kong? We got her moment on her entrance, but really in the match, not too much. She did some cool stuff. That was great. And we really didn't see much of her after the match. I probably would have seen, like, preferred to see Brandy in the match. Because Brandy entering the match and having a credible four-way amongst the girls that are there, Brandy doesn't have to get the win. Brandy doesn't have to get the loss. You could still hit the fin. You could still have Britt hit her finish on Kylie. Brandy was in the match. Afterwards, Brandy can be working away. You can get a little bit of a face-to-face with um, uh, who was on commentary again? Uh, oh, Allie. Yes. Allie. You can get a little bit of face-to-face at Allie. What I would have liked to have seen is this. I would have fast-forwarded to that women's six-man, six-women with the Japanese ladies, the Joshi ladies. At the end of the match, I would have had Awesome Kong go over. because Who went over? One of the younger girls, right? Yeah. Uh, um, Aja Kong was on the losing side of that match. Yeah. I would have had Aja up and tall, and I would have hit Awesome Kong's music. And I would have had that moment of Awesome Kong and Aja Kong face-to-face in the middle of the ring. You're talking about two of the most credible, badass women in the entire wrestling world. Uh, So you would have had, that's how Awesome Kong shows up for the first time. Absolutely. No physicality, no nothing. Just that face-to-face, that's your moment. Remember when Hogan and Andre were staring at each other? That's a moment. Aja Kong and Awesome Kong, face-to-face, that's a moment. You would have had people on their feet chanting, holy shit, chanting, this is awesome. And like I'm saying, what they did was not bad. What they did was good. I would have went about it in a different way. I would have created that moment that if possibly could have led to something in the future because let's just say that they wanted to do awesome kong versus aja kong would you pay would you pay money to see it yes Uh, a match that by the way happened one time 15 years ago and i think when both popped up on the show a lot of people were saying exactly that bully oh i'd love to see those two get in the ring on a, I mean, j- j- <laughs> I do. Weird. I'd like to see it. Sure. Ten, ten years ago, me and Devon actually wrestled Aja Kong and Awesome Kong in Corrigan Hall at a company called Hustle. So I, 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 the physicality level of these women alone. Now, Aja, probably a step slower. No big deal. The match doesn't have to be anything more than an attraction. And I think that face-to-face would have set up for that attraction. But that's just what I would have did. What they did was good. Hats off to them. Uh, we were talking about the future of the women's division and where they go. Our own Mark Henry asked Tony Khan exactly about that. Tony, also the women's movement is one of the biggest things in pro wrestling today and of all brands. Uh, how do you want to implement the women's division with the company? What was great is uh, we have like really, really diverse uh, amount of like executives and coaches who are like super knowledgeable about women's wrestling. And for me, it's been really great. Like Dave's here and I've honestly learned about a lot of the great female performers on this show from reading The Observer. And the person who sourced the great Joshi, the ladies from Japan, was Kenny Omega, had actually found a lot of names, sent me a lot of videos. 
and uh, he, Kenny and Brandy and I uh, together had done a lot of work on that. And uh, so, yeah, I, there's absolutely, like internationally right now, it's a great time for women's wrestling and uh, we're gonna be a huge part of it. And that's why I think the matches we presented today were on par with all the great matches on the show. And that's uh, no surprise to me. I think we expected that going in. We had really top people and uh, Kenny was proud of that. He was proud of his match, but he was also proud that the, the ladies he'd, he'd uh, found for us that delivered and had a great match. You know, Billy, a lot of people have talked about uh, all these AEW vice presidents, executive vice presidents, but you're kind of seeing, we've heard a little bit about behind the scenes of what those guys are doing, whether it be the Bucks making sure that Excalibur was on commentary or finding some of these tag teams, whether it be Cody talking about, you know, timing the show and putting the show together and the production aspect. And then Kenny, and I brought this up on Friday, uh, having that influence of bringing in those Joshi wrestlers and, and Kong, obviously, Aja Kong being the biggest name. It's kind of cool to see their fingerprints on the show without them like being on top of it, right? Where it's, okay, Kenny presented that, but also Kenny's not the one out there on TV presenting it. I think there's something to that where you just kind of let them be them. This is not Stephanie McMahon putting her thumb on top of the entire women's division and saying, I created women's wrestling in the world. no. There is Kenny. Kenny did something here, but he's letting those women take the spotlight and get over and be something. And by the way, I don't think the crowd knew a lot about those people. That crowd was hot as hell by the end of that match, and I think that goes a very long way in showing what they can present and how you present something like that. They let the wrestlers stand out on their own. They let the girls work, and they let them get over. Yes, at the beginning of the match during their entrances, they weren't quite sure. Yeah, the smarter fan knew who Aja Kong was. But for the most part, the other girls, not so much. But by the, by the end of the match, they got over. And I agree with you. They let the girls just go out there and be the girls. You didn't have to, you didn't have to see Kenny Omega come out and say, hey, I found these girls, and um, I'm going to kind of take credit, and here they go. No, not at all. Credible women's wrestling was around a long time before this whole evolution thing started. Don't be mad, people. It's just a fact. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.